The team at Weight Inclusive Innovators is going to Mexico City and you're invited. There's something magical about getting out of the day-to-day routine. It's even better when you pack your bags, hop on a flight, and land in a new city. From August 20th to 25th, join us as we settle into our apartments in the neighborhood of La Condesa, visit all the local coffee shops that Mexico City has to offer, and dedicate time to work on our businesses. This means a whole work week to brainstorm your business's future, set goals for the next year, and get caught up on all those admin tasks that keep getting pushed to the wayside. And you didn't think we'd be all work and no play, did you? Well, our primary goal is to dedicate time to work on the biz and give ourselves space to dream and scheme. We can't go to Mexico City and not experience the vibrant culture that it has to offer. That's why we've planned a night of salsa lessons at Mamba Roomba and a cooking class from local culinary experts. Early bird registration is now open for our Mexico City trip. Spots are limited and you do not want to miss out on this amazing opportunity. Come hang out with us, work on your Spanish, and work on your business in person in Morgan's favorite city. Head on over to weightinclusiveinnovators.com slash Mexico City 2023 to sign up or click the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians to building a cohesive brand to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it, talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight-inclusive business, the good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we're on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. Today, we have the awesome duo, Summer and Danny, who are here to talk to us about body image work, mentorship, and their body image coach certification program. So I want to start by introducing them. Summer Inanen is a professionally trained coach that's been specializing in body image, confidence, and self-worth since 2014 and has helped hundreds around the world. She's the best-selling author of the book Body Image Remix and the host of Eat the Rules, a podcast ranked in the top 5%, no, let me correct that, 0.5% of all podcasts dedicated to the anti-dieting, body image, and intersectional feminism. Danny Emma Poundcake Adams is an influencer, writer, activist, body image coach, and sought-after speaker from Sanford, Florida. The audacious body image coach has been invited to speak at Harvard University, University of Ottawa, Bethune-Cookman University, and more about race, beauty, and other topics. She's been featured on ABC's Tamron Hall Show, Dr. Phil, and the Cis Undra Show. Danny and Summer, I'm so excited to talk to you both today. Welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. <laughs> I know we have so much to talk about and you both are such a wealth of knowledge and experience. So we're just going to dive right in. I'd love to hear from both of you how your journey in entrepreneurship has been and how you've arrived together at offering the Body Image Coach Certification Program. Who wants to take it first? You could go summer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I... um I mean, I worked in the corporate world for for over, 
a decade and just was like found it very soul sucking. And I, I actually like originally um, left the corporate world to pursue nutrition. So I was working as a nutritionist for a while. And then I um, realized uh, like through my own journey, as well as working with clients that the the issues that were really coming up as it relates to their relationship with food were really centered around this, you know, the, the shame that they had about their body. And a lot of that shame that they had about their body was really because their value was tied to, to how they looked. And, uh, and so I um, really wanted to focus more on that. And so I went and, and became a coach instead. So did some coaching, uh, programs to develop that skill set. And uh, in 2014, I exclusively started working with people just around body image, self worth and confidence. And so um, in doing that over the years, I, I you know, I developed a, a framework that I've been using that that has helped, you know, hundreds, hundreds of people. And uh, just in, in like talking to my my colleagues and other people that I've mentored, there there seemed to be an interest in like, I want to know how you do what you do, you know, like, can you teach me how to help clients with these issues? And it was in the back of my mind for a few years to create some sort of program. And, um, and then Danny and I met in uh, 2020. Uh, was it 2020? Is that right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I was just having like a weird moment where I thought I couldn't tell if that was like 10 years ago or three years ago. Yeah. 2020. Um, <laughs> and, and, um, and Danny came on my podcast and we just started talking and, um, and, you know, she had like a, a similar kind of interest. She was, she was a coach and we just started doing some like collaborations behind the scenes, like working together, um, I was having her review my content to make sure that it was really, um, you know, like equity centered and inclusive. And, um, and, and we just kind of came together and we're like, we should do this course. Uh, and so we launched it probably about two years ago, the body image coach certification program. So it was in the works for quite a while before we actually, um, launched it. And so we've been, we've been doing it since then. Did I get that story right, Danny? You can tell yeah, it, story. it took us a year to build it. It's yeah. like a, a year. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a, a wonderful and normal progression in entrepreneurship of like doing the work, doing the work with clients and then realizing like next step is to help clinicians do the work too, because we're all limited in our capacities on one-on-one. Right. And so I love that you went from doing the client facing stuff to reaching clinicians. And now you've been able to put that content in a course. Um, that's such such awesome different streams of revenue and different activities like in your brain. Awesome. Love it. Danny, tell us about your journey to this point. Yeah. Um, as someone was talking about work, I was like, Ooh, what was my first job? Um, it was Dairy Queen at 15 years. I've been working total 15 years already. That's crazy. Um, but I will say that most of the past 10 years, what I have been working on is uh, social justice work. I've worked um, as a, a, a fellow, as a, a regional community organizer in Florida, working on issues around police brutality, school to prison pipeline, uh, women's rights, you name it, all the all the key issues. I live in Florida, so that's enough to be said. Um, and so... 
Um, with in doing that work, um, I also helped create some after school pr- programs, some mentorship programs, and within those programs, there was a lot of like empowerment. I would say, um, I feel like as uh, black folk have always kind of created some type of um, empowerment space for people to for black folks to feel good about themselves like my black is beautiful campaigns and things like that um and so i will always uh incorporate that into the program and what got me into body image coaching is strange like i was kind of already talking about talking and and doing uh having conversations about bodies through feminist work now I've, i've spoken at many universities across the country about um, women's issues and their bodies is specifically around uh, Black women's, the way people perceive Black women's bodies. And I, I didn't know what body image coaching was, to be honest. Um, and I, I started creating workshops. I didn't identify as a body image coach. And to be honest, I didn't really see any Black women calling themselves that. So I was kind of like, I don't know. Um, you know, is this a thing that I can say? Um, and so eventually I got co- um, confident enough to call myself a body image coach. I was doing a lot of one-on-one coaching or coaching with moms and, and daughters. Um, and then, um, I met Summer, during uh, during the uprisings and um summer is uh doing the black lives matter uprising this summer and i um after having our conversation and just to add just a little bit more texture um we also realized like there was no other certification course that also incorporated such social justice and i hope that we get into this conversation a little bit later about why it's important um but at, we thought it was really important um, for people to be able to live live well and thrive in their bodies and also not put their make their bodies the most important thing of their life. Um, so that's a little bit about me and my journey. I would say now I don't do a lot of one-on-one coaching. I go into facilities. I do coaching, um, group coaching mostly um, outside of um, doing the body image coaching certification. Amazing. I cannot believe how much you've done in such short (laughs) amount of time. Um, I have so many, so many follow-up questions for you both about all that, but I think it'll, it'll come up as you go. And I I really appreciate you specifically saying, I hope we go deeper with social justice stuff around bodies, because, you know, my next question is what people are getting wrong about body image work that you both see. And I imagine some of that influence comes in there. You know, I think about, um, a lot of folks in the body image space and Danny, I wonder if this is part of you feeling like, ah, I don't know if I identify as a body image coach. Like I've not seen what I'm doing represented in this way is it stays very tip of the iceberg of like, love your body. Like it's fine, whatever. When it's like, no, there's deeply rooted things that have to do with social justice that impact how we view our body and how bodies move through the world. Um, and especially under recognized bodies, right? And so I'm going to reel myself in and ask you, like, what are people getting wrong about body image work? 
as providers and how is it impacting their clients? And then, yeah, um, one is that folks think that people can just like self-love their way out of like structural things that impact their bodies. Like, um, for example, right now, Janelle Monae, I don't know if you all know who she is, but like Janelle Monae is an artist and her body is at the forefront, their body is at the forefront being that they're a, a Black non-binary person who is who is an artist and showing their body. There's always this conversation around Black Black femme presenting body specifically has been like that historically. And so I can self-love myself. I can self have self-love. And then I go outside and I am going to experience misogyny. I'm going to experience uh, people uh, judging my skin, maybe being too dark, maybe my, ha- my hair not being straight or be- being that if I'm not able-bodied. And I think that it's really important for folks who do this work to study uh, how we historically have treated different bodies in this country um, only just because, or across the globe, if you want to be honest, but only just because I think it's um, important to understand our clients and their histories. And they're not just carrying confidence or lacking confidence. And sometimes there's some historical context to why folks are feeling that way. And I also want to add this, right? Because I think Summer and I started doing work during the time that uh, George Floyd was was murdered. And so all of us still had clients. Summer's white, I'm black. And we, you know, we still serve a diverse group group of clients. And we can't tell folks to, in, in these moments to feel confident. You have to think about like, now we have to talk about, do they feel safe in their bodies, right? And what does safety have to look like? Even with women, right? Do you feel safe, especially when there's polarizing cases um, where women are experiencing some type of structural violence? Um, or they may have, you know, really experienced that in their real life. It's hard to to feel confident in your body all the time. And we have to tell the truth about that. Yeah, I think um, just like kind of piggybacking on on what Danny said, I feel like what um, what we notice is that a lot of providers kind of operate through the lens of their own lived experience. Um, and so and I did that, too. Like I I for sure did when I started out. It was really like, OK, this is this is my these are my struggles. This is what's helped me. And so that was kind of the scope in terms of the way that I was writing about the topic and and helping people around the topic. But we really have to understand how um, identity and and privilege impact the relationship that we have with our body, as well as the the relationship that we have with our clients. So I'm I'm white, I'm straight sized. If I'm working with a client, like let's say Danny's my client, and I'm just kind of operating through the lens of my own lived experience. And I, and I tell her, you know, like you, you, you really should get rid of all the the clothes in your closet that don't fit you anymore and, and get some clothes that fit your current body. It's like, that's a, that's a very kind of, you know, privileged perspective. Um, that's not taking into consideration, you know, like how her experience might be different in terms of accessibility. Um, is it like, you know, does she feel comfortable and safe, like going to a store? Are there stores? Uh, and so it's, it's really, I think about understanding like, okay, 
your own identity, as well as like how different identities, how that impacts um, the, you know, the, the, w- the way that they feel about their body and how we coach them. So how we coach individuals is going to look different depending on that relationship. Um, and I think that that is something that maybe um, I, I hesitate to say like that's what providers are getting wrong because I think everyone's trying their best, but I think it's like, it's often missing from the conversation and that's because it's missing from trainings. When I did my coaching training, we never talked about privilege. Like we never, it was really through the lens of, of whiteness. It was, it was very, it was very white. And, and so, and I think that's like the, that's the coaching industry as a whole. And so, um, what we wanted people to do is to really be conscious, like bring awareness to some of the biases that we all hold, um, the implicit bias that we have and constantly be like just, you know, working on uprooting that and, and, um, and unlearning and, and starting to, um, see things differently. Um, and so, and, and it's not a one and done process, I think either. It's not just like, okay, I took a social justice class, like check, I'm good. Um, it's really like, we see it as like an ongoing thing. We're still always learning. I mean, if I can speak for you here, Danny, cause I've heard you say that before, but, um, there's just a lot of stuff that if you don't have that, if you don't have the lived experience, then, it, you know, you, you, and even if you do have the lived experience, sometimes you're still holding like some sort of internalized bias. So, um, we feel that that's really important to just be bringing awareness to that as well. Um, and making that like just part of your job as a provider is to be like invested in that process of unlearning. One of the things I'm always thinking about in, in this space of social justice, equity, being in a space, whether it's clinicians, coaches, people doing body image work with clients is just our own limitations that come with identity. And I'm wondering, like, because that's what I, I kind of hear this being is it's not necessarily things people are getting wrong, but having limitations and being willing to get uncomfortable and like, look at their own shit and also like get mentorship from people who are different than them. And I'm wondering what you think about the limitation of people like for some clients, like, does that exist? What do you do in a situation where people do have different lived experiences? And there is there a point where people maybe aren't a good fit to work together and how do you navigate that in the middle of the uh, certification course uh there is a, co- a course that i teach about uncovering biases and within that course we do talk about the the power dynamics we we uncover the beliefs that the clients may have but also the practitioners may have but i'm not a person who believes um and believes that you can't help someone because you have different lived experiences than them. I think that uh, outside of race and gender and sexuality and abilities, we we all are connected in other different ways. Inside of um, inside of that workshop and that 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 lesson, um, we talk about language access. Uh, if you grew up with language access, or if you grew up in a two parent household, or did you eat every day? Um, there's other things that have happened in our lives that complete our stories, um, that make us who who we are. 
But I also don't think that we go to service providers just because um, I think it's important for representation, right? But I don't think it's just because of representation. I think it's because we need help and we need someone to help us reframe our thinking and our perception around health in our bodies. Um, and I mean, one of the courses that Summer teaches about inner critic you know, uh, I don't think that Summer needs to be black to teach me about the about the in, inner critic. I think what Summer needs is to constantly be a student and constantly unlearn some of the things that she may or may not know. And this is one of the reasons why we have um, a lot of resources in the program. We have a support a peer support group that if you've taken our courses, you can join that group. We also have, um, we also connect our students to a podcast with podcasts, other social media influencers. We recommend other support groups. We also um, have a long list of reading materials for folks to study books, articles. Uh, this is very research based. I think everyone in the space understands that you come as a student and you're going to learn some things. But the expectation is that you're going to leave as a student also. Um, and we also have other spaces where people can uh, kind of practice um, if they are struggling with these different power dynamics uh, within um, within their work, they can come back to us and get mentorship. Um, and we continue to provide mentorship. So I don't want anyone to feel like if I don't have the identity, I can't do this work or I can't help someone else. There are so many resources and all of us, like, you know, I'm not white. I never lived white a day in my life. You know, I understand the context of the structure of America, but I, and I'm also not, you know, I'm not trans and I have uh, worked at a trans center in group coaching for two years now. Um, and they're always calling me back. I, every time my contract ends, I think that it's over and, 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 and it's renewed. <laughs> so I think everyone can, can can do this work if they're in alignment with the the morals and the ethics. Yeah, I think it's like about having... Um... So a, a couple things. One, it's 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 about knowing your scope of practice, like knowing what you feel comfortable with. And if you feel you're in a situation where um, you like it, the person is talking about something, and you're like, I I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Like just being able to say, you know, I'm I'm not the best fit for you in this in this area. Like I think you should probably seek out somebody. You know, like another. You know, maybe it's a therapist or something like that. So we're always talking about like know your scope of practice and that can kind of just change based on based on your training and, and expertise so um the other thing too is that um is that i think it's it's you know when you're when we're working with with anybody but especially when people hold different identities it's really important to just speak to the the systems of oppression and how they influence beliefs about our body so i think sometimes you'll just see that people saying like okay it's just a mindset issue like we just need to change our mindset and um and i again like i fully said that you know many years ago that was because i was just sort of operating through my own um lived experience but if we i think if we're able to be able to um you know, notice and be able to speak to like, okay, like, it's not your fault that you're having these thoughts about your body, like it's our it's our culture, and be able to learn how to confidently speak to things like, um, you know, anti fatness, ableism, racism, like, and you don't have to be an expert, but just to be able to say, like, 
oh, like that, you know, that that sort of um, belief system. Like I'm thinking about an example, um, you know, like if someone feels like they need to be productive all the time and they're kind of like feeling really guilty when they're not productive, like being able to say like, that's capitalism, you know, like just being able to call those things out for people um, is is really important. And that's something that we, we really kind of um, bake into everything that we do. But overall, I would just say like, it's just, it's really important to know um, know your limitations. Like if I think that what we notice is that a lot of people want to be experts at everything, but it's okay to not be able to help clients with everything. It's okay to just be like one piece of that puzzle. And, and, um, and if you can't help them with everything, that's okay. And then the other thing, last thing I just wanted to mention around this is that, um, it's really important to have communities that you can refer people to. So, um, you know, for example, when I'm working with fat clients, like, I will say like, here are some fat groups that you can follow. Here are, you know, people that you can follow. Um, cause you need to have communities with people who are going through similar struggles that also share similar identities to you. I think that that's super, super helpful. So being able to have those, those referral, those references, as Danny mentioned earlier, um, can help you to be able to, you know, be a good practitioner for them and also give them things that they're going to need outside of just what you can provide them with. This conversation is making me feel so hopeful for our field. You know, Morgan and I are talking to a lot of dietitians, a lot of therapists, a lot of nurse practitioners, doctors, all the people in the weight inclusive space. And I think a lot of people are afraid to go there and have these conversations with clients or be afraid of their own limitations. And I appreciate the permission, Danny, of being a student forever and always learning and always receiving mentorship and also the option summer to refer out if it feels like something's out of your scope. And I feel like that's always a tension we're balancing of how can you be there for someone and want to witness and support them within your own boundaries and limitations. And Morgan and I are both huge fans of continued mentorship, getting consultation from people who have different areas of specialty or different lived experiences than us. And it sounds like as part of your body image coach certification program, like there's those elements in there of peer support. There's also mentorship from you both. So I'd, I'd love to hear like a big overview of the program, how it works, how long it is, all the different pieces. And then I want to ask you some questions about leadership. Sure. So I can talk to the program. So it's a, uh, it's a five month small group program and we meet bi-weekly where it's a, it's a live teaching session. So, um, and, and we really, it's 10 sessions in total. And, uh, and I present a few of them, Danny presents a few of them, but we really try to make it quite interactive because what we want is, um, people sharing their own experiences, people sharing like what they've noticed with clients, what they've noticed with their own, um, experience with body image and, uh, that collaborative space where you're learning with other peers, we find to be extremely powerful. Uh, and so, uh, we have like the, the cohort that's coming out in, in fall of 2023 is, uh, starting on August 22nd. Um, and so the, the topics that we cover, I'll speak to mine and then Danny can speak to hers, but, uh, I really, we do teach about the difference between coaching and consulting. So I think a lot of people call themselves a coach, but they're not actually coaching. They're, they're like kind of advice giving or, or consulting and, coaching is really about asking open-ended questions. And what's great about coaching is that it, it allows you to honor a client's lived experience. 
Um, and so we really try to teach people like the, the sort of art of coaching and, and how to incorporate that into the way that you're working with people and specifically as it relates to body image. So that's kind of the, the first um, session that we do. Then we talk about, you know, like the, the inner critic and self-compassion. We talk about um, overcoming comparisons, overcoming um, what to do when you're like afraid of judgment. We do some really specific exercises around the body, like using like how to use like mirror work and um, and there's like a whole bunch of other things that sort of go along with that one, um, how to help clients identify their values and, and identity outside of just how they look. So some stuff related to kind of building up self-worth. Um, and then Danny, I'll let you talk to yours. I'm sure I missed a couple of mine, but that's kind of the, that's sort of the bigger overview of, of the general topics that we speak to, but really we want to give people specific tools so that when a client comes to them and says something like, I can't stop comparing myself to other people, they have a framework and a path that they can take them through. So it's not just about saying like, well, maybe, you know, focus on this instead or do this. It's like, it's like, here are a series of questions that you can ask, like, here's where you can take them um, so that you can really dive deep and uncover those things to help them with very specific body image related struggles, as well as an overall sort of path of how to take them from like point A to point B. So like when they come in and they're just hating their body to getting to a place where they really feel like just a lot more neutral or even liberated in their body. I love that there is a framework because body image work is so nebulous and yeah. the fact that you both have created this path and this, this framework is very awesome and very needed. I know a lot of the kind of structured clinicians are going to, are going to love this. Um, Danny, tell us about your, your topics in the course. Yes. Um, so uh, I, I mentioned earlier that I teach the bias course. Um, and so it's just basically um, we talk about some of the biases that we may hold around health or different bodies. Um, we also uh, there's another um, course where we talk about the beliefs around the he- health care and how it directly um how it might directly impact uh, different clients based based on their backgrounds, their parents' backgrounds, or um, obviously we're not therapists, um, but we are shaped by our upbringings and our beliefs come from somewhere, um, being a different experience, our environments, our culture, all the things. Um, we uh and and also in that course we talk about uh, about d- desirability and what is what does it mean like where does beauty actually come from um and uh i know that people love to say everyone is beautiful but we know that there's a consequence from being a certain type of beautiful uh ooh, that sounds like an ig reel um but um <laughs> um um, so that course is called Uncovering and Changes Beliefs About Bodies, Health, and More. Also in the course, we uh, uh, we talk about uh, beliefs around healthcare, with where they come from, what they're deeply rooted in. And so um, I, in that course, we do a, a, a timeline of like diet culture, um, where our diet, diets originated from, what was some of the first diets. And honestly, in that course, People kind of come together collectively, like and remember when when they um, 
were on their first diet and what was their first diet. Um, a lot of us have been on diet since we were five. And so we, we share that similarity with our clients. Right. Um, and then we also um, do the history of fat phobia, um, where we, uh, like I, uh, you know, I say that this is my favorite course that I teach um, because I, I love uh, talking about pop culture um, and the history of images. Um, and so we talk about um, Fannie Lou Hamer and we also talk about you know, uh, different cultural references that are related to fat bias and racism. Um, and um, so in this course, um, we, we, we aim to get folks to like shift the culture. Um, and then the last course that I teach is self-care, which um, I'll tell you, we all end up crying at some point or it gets intense. I don't know why, but, um, you know, because it's a struggle for everyone um, to do self-care in a very fast paced society. And, and, and um, as everything becomes more expensive, we have to all become creative um, and think about how do we do self-care. And so there's a lot of reframes in this conversation, like what is self-care? Um, and one of the things that I talk about is like, I used to think that self-care was getting my nails done. It's not, it's not self-care for me. I don't even like that. They talk to me. I just wanted to be quiet and that's quiet time and silence is really self-care to me, reading a book, um, all the things. And so we give a lot of examples and we role play on how to talk to our clients about self-care and getting them to create a self-care plan. Yeah, I just want to add like one of the things we do is we do a lot of demonstrations. Like we think that that's really important to show like how to actually, you know, implement these things when you're working with clients. And what comes out of it, some of the feedback that we've heard so much is that it's helped uh, the people who have taken our courses that it's helped them so much with their own body image. So like, it was almost like their own, their own, they, like they were going through their own process while learning how to help clients with it, which I, I don't think we expected to hear that feedback so much, but no, <laughs> um, that was something that we heard over and over. And so, uh, and so, yeah. And so we, our, our hope is that people walk away just feeling really confident, being able to say, I, you know, I'm a, a, a certified body image coach, but, or I just feel really confident, you know, helping people with, with body image. And we've had clients that have been able to go and run body image specific programs or have that as like a separate offering on their website or do workshops related to some of the topics or go on podcasts to be able to speak to it related to a particular demographic that they work with. And so, um, it's really amazing to see what people are able to do with it once they have that training and they just feel really comfortable being able to um, help a client when they come in. Like if a client comes in and is like, you know, if you're working with a client around food and they're coming to you and just saying like, I'm terrified of gaining weight, like it's to know, okay, here's, here, here's my toolbox. Here are some things that I can do in this situation to help this client. Here's a path I can take them down. Um, I think it just makes that, you know, as a provider, you just feel like, okay, like I got this, like, and it's, and, and then obviously the result is, is better client results, which is extremely gratifying. And, um, and, you know, a way that we start to change our, our culture too. Like that's, that's ultimately what Danny and I want. That's our intention. Like the more providers who feel really confident with this stuff, the more that we can create, um, a cultural, a, a cultural shift. 
I feel like all of the topics and how you're both putting on the course is sounds amazing and so needed. It doesn't surprise me at all that there's there's tears in the course and that I mean this shit goes deep and mm-hmm. I I love that people are simultaneously the student and doing their own work and trying to step into to leadership, right? When you're being a coach, you are a leader. And then the ally piece too, of being amongst people with different identities and knowing you're going to coach people with different identities. So I would love to hear, because this was one of the things that I thought was cool when I was looking through the coaching certification website, you talk about like an emphasis on being an ally and a leader and a teacher. Can you tell us more about how the certification helps with these skills specifically? You know, as we've sort of talked about, it's like you are able to uh, just feel a lot more confident speaking to these things and being able to speak to um, the intersections of, you know, like how, like where race comes into play, like how anti-fatness is really anti-blackness. Like, And I think that, you know, when you feel a lot more competent and confident being able to speak to those things, you are a better teacher and a better, a better leader because your message is, is really more, much more, you know, inclusive. You're not just kind of speaking about it through this, this way of just saying like, okay, well, it's just about your mindset or you just need to love your body because that's definitely not what we're teaching people. Um, And I think that learning from peers with different lived experiences can help us to be better, better teachers, better allies. Um, You know, when we have people in the class that have had like a very unique, you know, whether it's like just they grew up in a different culture, or they grew up just or or they have like different abilities. um, And hearing their experience and how that relates to their body image. It's just it, I think that that helps us to be a better ally, because we're just gaining more insight into, um, you know, how how other people have these experiences and it, and it can really um, help us to be able to help others and, and respect other people and um, you know, maybe change like some of the, the way that we present ourselves online or the way our copy is written on our website. Like, and so I think all of those things can really help us become, you know, better, better leaders and teachers, at least to the people who want people who are, you know, I share those similar values and beliefs <laughs> around social justice and equity. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about how a few of our students have also come back to say, like, they've been spreading this word around in the office with their other colleagues. Um, and so like, this is what it's supposed to do, you know, catch a fire, um and 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 soon you know everyone be be able to tap into this knowledge um i i think that oftentimes like the work of social justice and this uh um connection to uh body image is kind of in a silo um and what summer and i want want this to be is something that can connect with everyone we all have a body um we all are in community you know, and so we want um, we want folks to be able to uh, to be well, but also uh, to be allies to other folks. Um, and I think something special about our, our program and I'll say about like different folks doing this work is I think folks feel like they can do it when they leave. Um, we have a lot of people who come in and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of shy or I don't really know if this is for me, quite like me, you know, I'm doing it, but I don't know if I should say the name. Um, 
And so I really feel like people leave really feel empowered to do this work that they they're in relationship and community with other folks who can help them. Um, people into enter into this program at different levels. Some people have been doing this for 10 years. Some people they're just getting started. Some people for two years. Um, and that's the, that's the beauty of being um, a, a leader um, is that, that you are not always going to have all the knowledge. Um, but when you put yourself in space with other people um, and who are doing similar work, work as you, um, then you can get, um, you can get the knowledge that you need to be able to help other folks not make their bodies the most important things in their lives. Yeah, one of the other things that popped up to me, because Danny, you talk about allyship and you're in the bias one and you speak to how like, you know, we have to, it, it's not just about like talking about cellulite. Like if you want to talk about body liberation, like we can't just be talking about, you know, like wearing a swimsuit, like the, you know, we have to be talking about, you know, some of these other like more pertinent issues about safety and like what's actually happening in the world that's making people feel unsafe in their bodies so um that just popped into my head because i know you talk about that yeah it's just make i actually made a video about that thank you summer um i made a video about that on instagram um maybe about two weeks ago the the, the case of ajika owens in on cala florida if anyone doesn't know that case just say talk about it briefly ajika owens was a black mom living in Oca in, in rural florida um, uh, a lady who lived next door to her, a white woman decided that, um, that she was going to kill Ajika. She shot Ajika because, um, she had used a racial slur with Ajika's son. She had took Ajika's son iPad and wouldn't give it back. And she shot Ajika through the door when Ajika went to retrieve her son's iPad and asked why did she physically assault him? Um, and actually this Saturday, I will be speaking at the rally um, for Ajika Owens. But the reason why that is so important um, is because, as I mentioned earlier in this conversation around like safety as an ally, um, I cannot, you can't keep talking to me about body neutrality when I walk into a store and someone may follow me because I'm black. Um, the police may really stop me and say, why are you here? Because you know, I, I am not white. Um, and that has happened to me. There's countless stories online where I've talked about experiencing some type of com um, um, police violence. And so um, we we definitely have these hard conversations. Um, and it is the space where I think that people can get uncomfortable, but also um, it is safe. It's a safe space to, to learn and grow and develop your allyship. I think people's willingness to be uncomfortable and sit in these stories and take on some of that is so important in just as being a human and values aligned, but also absolutely, it absolutely has to do with bodies and people's sense of safety and belonging and being able to be in the world and do a mundane thing, like go to the grocery store, right? Like we cannot stay in the love your body, body neutrality. Like you're so fucking right. We all need to be doing that deeper work and that's going to make us be better clinicians, better humans. And so I love what you both are doing so much. And I'm wondering, so one of the things I think about when people are investing in themselves as clinicians, as humans, you know, some people 
pause on like the money piece and getting mentorship. And I'm wondering what kind of insight or advice you have for people to help them invest in themselves and do things like your body image certification course to help their personal and professional growth. Like what insight do you have around that barrier? So two things, we, um, we offer a payment plan for folks who, um, cannot outright pay for the course. Um, and so we have three months, six months and a year long payment plan. Um, we also offer scholarships where we've been offering these scholarships for the past two years for folks who, uh, have a marginalized in, in identity being that they're BIPOC, part of the LBGTQ community, uh, disabled, um, folks can definitely apply um, to to the scholarship. The scholarship link is online. Um, I know Summer can be more thorough on this, but I definitely want folks to know that uh, we do have scholarships and payment plans. Yeah, and I think like when it comes to investing, like I'm definitely I'm I'm just I'm not a pushy person in that way. Like I mean, I always like I'm like I'm tr- I trust that you have a good grip on your expenses, and I trust that like when you know what's right for you, you'll make that decision. Um, but I just want to say that like um, you know from my own experience personally, like I really really like I I'm not one to kind of just like impulse buy something like. I will sit on a course for like a year before I decide to actually invest in it. I will make sure I have the money. Like that's the way I operate with things. But anytime I do, um, I'm so glad I did because you know, the, the, the learning that you take away from it and the, the connections that you take away from it, um, always just like the, the, the R, the return on investment is always like much more than what, you know, it's, it's, it's well over a hundred percent, you know, like what you put in, you're going to get back. And I think we feel the same way with, with our course. And I mean, like, if I had to kind of like monetarily break it down, it's like, if you were to, you know, let's say like run a body image group program or something like that, like the odds are pretty good that that would help you then like that would cover the sort of investment that you had made in the program. So like from a, like a strictly kind of like financial investment, I think that like when you have this additional skill set, you can have an additional offering. Um, you can make that money back. Like, you know, I don't want to say fairly easily because it always depends on marketing and all these other things, but, um, but you can make that money back. And, uh, and for some people that's going to be easier. And then, um, uh, but I think that like, you can't put a value on mentorship. I mean, I have, I'm always sort of working with other, you know, coaches or, or I have a therapist, like, you know, Danny, I hope you're okay with me saying this, but Danny has a therapist. Like, <laughs> you can edit that out if you're not okay with that. Um, but we, you know, like we really believe in like personal development for ourselves. Um, and so I, you know, I just think that like trying to figure stuff out on your own, you can really only get so far. But when you can make an investment to like learn from someone else who has like the exact skill set that you are wanting and the expertise that you are needing and like the, you know, the the longer experience, like more experience doing the work than you have, like it is always just like it, it's, it's, you know, it, you're always just like, oh, I'm so glad I did this, you know, like I, this is exactly what I needed like this. And I'm so glad I made this investment. And so, I mean, that's what we hope people get out of, out of this, because we really believe in that 
in that mentorship piece and the relationships that people continue to have outside of outside of once they're finished. It's, it's not just like it's over and done. I mean, they maintain those connections, they maintain the connections with us, we try to help them, you know, as best we can, like promote their businesses and things like that. And so, um, you know, we want to see people really succeed with this, um, be successful with this as well. I love having these conversations out loud, because I know so many people get stuck there. But I'm really passionate about mentorship and receiving coaching, consulting, all kinds of things. Any ways that you can learn from another human who has more experience than you, different experience than you is just a gift. And so I love that you've both come together to offer this certification. I'd love to hold space for a moment if there's anything that I didn't ask you that you were hoping I'd ask you today or any last thoughts before we do some fun rapid fire questions. Um, I'll just say, you know, if people are interested, they can go to bodyimagecoachcertification.com and they can apply. The applications are open for the fall um, cohort till August 11th. And, um, but we will be like offering it again. So there's always like a wait list um, as well. We have a, uh, like a body image coaching roadmap. That's just a free resource that we have that um, people can sign up to. I'll give you the link to that, that maybe you can put in the show notes. That's probably the only thing, but I know I wanted to just say it before the end, before I forget. <laughs> Absolutely. And we'll link everything in the show notes and I'll ask you guys where we can find you at the end as well. Okay. So I've got seven rapid fire questions for you both. And I want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. If your business was an animal, what animal would it be? Wolf. I don't know. Giraffe. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I need the short answer of why for each animal. We stand tall. I take my time with things. I'm not in a race. <laughs> What's your favorite part of being an entrepreneur? Sleeping. <laughs> Flexibility. Flexibility. Being able to, you know, adapt my son, my son's life and, and, and be flexible. What is your morning routine to get ready for the day? I don't work in the morning. I just get up and I like do all the weird things that I do. Like, Stroll social media, talk to people. Uh, I <laughs> walk around and pace the house. <laughs> just just <laughs> all the things open the refrigerator 15 times and then I go to work. <laughs> Love it. Mine's the polar opposite. I get woken up by like a child banging on me uh, before I really want to get up and uh, <laughs> drag myself out of bed. And then I actually do try to like do something for myself. Like I'll take like half an hour and like go for a walk or like I might go and like do like a short workout or something. And then um, and then it's just like chaos trying to get my kid to daycare. And then I like by 9am, I already feel like I've had a full day, but that's when I <laughs> I sit down to, to actually get to work and I'm like, okay, this is relaxing for me now. Amazing. So. <laughs> if you had $100,000 to spend on your business today, how would you spend it? I would create a, uh, I would create an app for um, people who are marginalized, fat, uh, black, all, all the other folks uh, to come to, to together to um be in a community space like where folks could like work on projects together folks could um you know like create things that help shift our community that's a much better answer mine is like i would probably hire a couple people to help me <laughs> <laughs> what's the hardest decision you've had to make in your business 
I would say um, the hardest thing I, decision I've had to make is to decide whether or not like I could be an entertainer and do this work. Because I think sometimes they contradict themselves. Oof. We we would we would want to record another podcast about that because that's very interesting. Okay. <laughs> that for now. Okay. Okay. Um, I think for me, it was like cutting ties with certain people who didn't share similar values to me from like a, 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 a people who I had like pretty strong working relationships with that I had to sever ties with it was hard. Mm. What's your least favorite task that you've happily outsourced? Hey, Julia, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Julia's our assistant. Um, oh god anything to do with social media <laughs> and like podcast show notes and stuff and podcast editing <laughs> yes and lastly what's the best thing you've eaten this last week uh, Ooh, barbecue chicken Ooh, that sounds awesome i had i had thai food really good thai food amazing Thank you both so much for joining us on the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. Where can folks find you both, connect with you, work with you, do your body image coaching certification program? Tell us all of it. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, well, of course, you can go to bodyimagecoachingcertification.com and register for the course. Um, but also you can find me on my personal social media. I'm a pound cake. That's A-M-A pound cake. Um, you can also visit my website on poundcake.com for body image coaching um, courses, but also you can um, go on there to buy my merch, um, which is called Girlfriends. It's a, uh, I have journals, water bottles, t-shirts, all the things. Um, and you can find me on all social media platforms, same name. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, my website, you can just go to thebodyimagecoach.com and, uh, that will take you to my website. My website is actually summerinandin.com, but most people can't spell that. So go to thebodyimagecoach.com. You can find me there. My podcast is called eat the rules. Um, there's a section on my website that's for professionals and that's where we have the free body image coaching roadmap, uh, as well as a direct link to uh, the body image coach certification, which is bodyimagecoachcertification.com. Um, and then on social media, I'm at summer in and in everywhere. I'm not on TikTok. Same. Also not on TikTok. Danny, are you on TikTok? Yes, I'm on TikTok. I rarely use it, but I'm barely on it. I mean, but I'm on it. <laughs> awesome. We'll link everything in the show notes. Thank you again so much. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the pod on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review, share with a business bestie, and check out our website at weightinclusiveinnovators.com. See you next week.